You're listening to The Revealer Podcast, where we explore how religion shapes our culture and our communities. Produced by the Center for Religion and Media at NYU and hosted by me, Dr. Brett Crutch. Each month, we sit down with experts to discuss the role religion plays in politics, in people's lives, and throughout our world. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a unique episode of The Revealer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brett Crutch. As many of you know, most of our episodes feature a conversation between one guest and me, but we're doing something different this time. For this episode, we're chatting with four people about how they're voting in the upcoming election. All four have written articles for The Revealer. The four have different areas of expertise about religion, and they come from four different religious backgrounds. They also all happen to be voting for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Let me explain why we made this decision. When we were thinking about this episode, we came to the conclusion that there has already been enough media conversations about why people from religious communities have voted for Donald Trump, especially why white evangelicals have supported him. In fact, we've even addressed some of that on the Revealer podcast in our last episode on Christian nationalism and the 2020 election. So we wanted to do something different and focus on why people from different religious communities support Biden and Harris. Too often, our media conversations only touch on conservative forms of religion and conservative religious people. But religion is much broader than that, and we wanted to create space for that conversation. For today's episode, we're having conversations with four people. One is Catholic and a scholar of race and racism in the Catholic Church. One is Indian American and a scholar of race and religion in the United States. One is Jewish and a scholar of Jewish sexual ethics. And one is Quaker and studying for Quaker ministry. So let's find out why they think it's imperative to vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Let's begin. I'm now joined by Dr. Tia Pratt. She is a scholar of race and racism in the Catholic Church. She is also president and director of research at T.N. Pratt & Associates, an inclusion and diversity consulting firm, and she is a practicing Catholic. You can read an excellent article she wrote about racism and the Catholic Church's sex abuse crisis in the Revealer's March issue. It's great to chat with you, Tia. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Brett. Of course. So uh, I'd like to start by asking you why you have decided to vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I've decided to vote for the Biden-Harris ticket for a few reasons. One reason is I look around and I see what's happening in, in our society and in our world, and, and I really want to see things change. Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. We still have children in cages at the border who have been separated from their families. We're we're seeing this nomination to to the Supreme Court that that's happening not even days before the election. As the election is mm-hmm. going on, millions of people have already voted. I've already voted. Mm. So I have just a, a number of real concerns about what I see happening, not just as a scholar, but as as a citizen in our country right now. And I feel very strongly that there needs to be change. Great. So your mentioning of the Supreme Court makes me want to ask you, 
What might you say to pro-life Catholics who are concerned about Trump? You know, they probably oppose his handling of the pandemic and uh, his maybe his general behavior overall, but who do see advantages to his judicial nominees and therefore are unsure about voting for Biden. What might you say to that population of American Catholics? What I would say to them is that pro-life And the church's pro-life teachings and a pro-life stance is about much more than abortion. Hmm. We have to look at poverty, uh, racism, mass incarceration, so many issues, health care and access to health care and access to to education. Hmm. And we really need to look at pro-life and pro-life issues as the seamless garment that Cardinal Bernadine spoke of so many years ago. So it's not just right about pregnancy. It's about a much broader, capacious thinking about what life means and how you support it, it sounds like, is what you were saying, what you would say to that group of Catholics. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then as someone who studies racism, what worries you most about a second Trump term? What worries me about a second Trump term is that we will have more of the same, but it will be amplified. Hmm. And I, I honestly, I'm, I'm worried about, I'm worried about my own safety when I, when I see what's happening in our country, when, when I see plots to kidnap elected mm-hmm. officials mm-hmm. like Governor Whitmer in, in Michigan. And today I saw reports that Governor Northam of Virginia was also targeted. Hmm. These are frightening. These are frightening things. And as someone who speaks and writes and whose scholarship is about racism Mm -hmm. and systemic racism, Mm -hmm. I am truly concerned for my own safety because I'm not going to stop doing the work. Mm-hmm. But I am concerned for my own safety in the process. And so you know, I'm going to use my my vote, my voice as a voter to help to shift uh, the, the direction that, that we're going in as a society. Great, great. So then the last thing that I want to uh, ask you about. So Biden, of course, would be the second Catholic president in the country's history. Harris would be the first woman vice president and the first woman of color. So when you picture them winning and being sworn in, does that mean anything for you? And and what do you hope to see with Biden and Harris in office? It means a great deal to me, you know, having grown up in Philadelphia, Joe Biden has been on my radar for a long time, you know, <laughs> through his through his career as a as a senator um, from Delaware. He was always on my radar, well known for his his Amtrak trips back home in the every <laughs> evening. So so that that would be you know very very exciting to see to see Kamala Harris become vice president of the United States. We talk about forming a more perfect union. That would be moving the needle in that direction because mm-hmm. we still have so much work to do as a society. Vice President Biden being Catholic. Catholics are not on the margins the way, as a, mm. as a group, the way that Catholics were uh, years ago or a century ago or a century and a half ago or, or even in 1960 when, 
when President Kennedy was elected. But still, to to say that this would only be the second time mm, someone mm-hmm. who's Catholic got elected president is is a pretty big deal. What I would like to see in a in a Biden Harris administration is, first of all, a, attention to civil rights issues civil rights as, as they pertain to people of color, as they pertain to the LGBTQ community, you know, voting rights, voting rights are, are mm. under threat across across the country. Yes. Now, I'd, I'd like to see legislation that reinstates the, the provisions of the Voting Rights Act mm. that were struck down by the Supreme Court. So I, I'd like to see legislation and action from a Biden-Harris administration addressing issues around mass incarceration. Mm. So I'd, I'd like to see the the needle move in the direction where I'm using my vote to help push it in our society. Great, thank you. So much work to be done if, if they are elected. Um, so thank you for everything that you had to say about this election and why you are voting the way that you are voting. Thank you for your time. It was great to chat with you. It was great to chat with you. Thanks so much. I'm with Dr. Srina Gandhi. She is a South Asian American woman who is a scholar of religion and race in the United States at Michigan State University. She's also a good friend of The Revealer and has an article in our April issue about yoga. And she is the featured guest in the second episode of The Revealer podcast about yoga and emotional well-being during the pandemic. Thanks for chatting with us again, Srina. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm well. So let's talk about uh, your vote in this upcoming election. Could you tell us a bit about why you have decided that you will be voting for uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? Yes, I might not be the biggest fan of Biden, and I have certain reservations. But the reason I'm, I'm voting for Biden has a lot to do with my sister and what she does. She's a human rights immigration attorney with the National Immigrant Justice Center. And in particular, she heads up the LGBTQ asylum project. And if people are not aware, not only is the Trump administration attacking all immigrants uh, in terms of asylum seekers, they are taking away all reasons for asylum, including if someone is LGBTQ and if they go back to their country of origin, they could be, you know, killed, abused, hmm. etc. And for the past, gosh, almost seven years, I've watched her passionately advocate for these asylum seekers to advocate for their treatment when they're um, in detention and. I just feel like voting for Biden-Harris means supporting my sister and all the incredibly hard work she does on behalf of asylum seekers and of immigrants of all kinds. Yeah, you know, that's interesting to hear because in the past few weeks, the Trump administration, including one of his sons, have really tried to make the case that he's great for LGBTQ people. And so to hear that... One way that there is Trump administration discrimination against LGBTQ people is with this restricted access to asylum seekers. Mm-hmm. 
So you study race and religion in America and, and white supremacy, and uh, we're having this conversation uh, soon after the country learned that the Michigan governor, there was this attempt to kidnap her by some white terrorists. And there hasn't been much that's come out from the White House in support of, of her or what has been happening. So thinking about that and then more broadly, what worries you most about the possibility of a second Trump term? That will go from a weak democracy to a full-on fascist state. White supremacy has always been a part of our nation and our history. I don't think you can understand our history without understanding white supremacy culture. But I feel like we will be even more overtly skewed towards supporting white supremacists white nationalists, white terrorists, excusing their behavior. And quite frankly, what I'm afraid of is feeling even more unsafe than I do now. Right. And a fear of what will happen to the loves of my life, which are Nira, Alex, and Naveen. And they're all brown. And I fear for their future. So, yeah. Right. Right. Thank you. No, I mean, I... I think that it's clear hearing you what's at stake here. And this isn't, this isn't a normal election, but the extreme situations we're finding ourselves in seem to keep getting worse and more extreme. And so this seems like a, a way of addressing some of that. And there'll be a lot of work if Trump loses or doesn't stay in office. But the first step, I think, is the case that you're making, that people have to show up and vote. So we ran an article in our October issue of The Revealer on voting patterns among Indian Americans. And the author, Diani Moody, reported that although most Indian Americans have been voting for Democrats, that there are some that have been drawn to Trump, particularly around uh, issues related to his anti-immigration policies, because they see themselves and their families as having gone through the appropriate process to, to live here and to become citizens, and they do not necessarily support those who, who don't go through the same processes that they went with. So, is there anything that you might say to other South Asian Americans about why you think voting for Biden and Harris is important? Well, one, you know, what are proper channels, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the first settlers that came here didn't have proper channels. So we need to look at this historically. But two, the Trump administration is also restricting South Asian immigrations, especially through the H-1B-1 visa process. Hmm. They're restricting... Asians of all kinds in terms of international students. And these are all things that not only support our community, but make this country better. So that's one. Two, the number of South Asian undocumented immigrants, workers that are coming over here is on the rise. So we're really no different as a community from Latinx folks, hmm. you know, Southeast Asian immigrants, East Asian immigrants, I just feel like seeing a, us as exceptional is just kind of buying into this very false model minority myth. Yeah. And I guess I just kind of, I know they're in the minority and mm -hmm. a lot of those South Asians that feel that way are upper caste. So they were exclusionary mm. also in India and South Asia. 
I guess what I would say is we need, just need to really turn out the vote. And what I'm really heartened by is that this time, four years ago, we had maybe tens of thousands of people who had voted early, and now we have millions. Hmm, right. I'm really heartened by that. Great. So then my last question for you is, when you picture Biden and Harris on Inauguration Day being sworn in, what do you hope for this country after that? I think, one, I hope some sense of rebuilding some of our institutions, like the Department of State, not necessarily the military and definitely not ICE, but things like the Department of State where we really value our career diplomats. Mm. I'd like us to tackle um, immigration. And I, I really want us to take poverty seriously and do something to address this vast division of um, income inequality. For lack of a better word, distribute our wealth more fairly. Not necessarily like we should all make the same amount, but I think if we learn anything from the pandemic is that our frontline workers, the people who transport our food, who stock the shelves with our food, who clean the hospitals, clean the grocery stores, they're the ones that have kept us safe and healthy during these last six to seven months. They need to be paid more, right? They need to be valued more. So I think thinking about how we value labor and really pushing the Biden-Harris administration to think about that structurally and then, of course, a national conversation on race, reparations, et cetera, I think is so incredibly needed. Thank you. This is very helpful. And, and I'm, I appreciate everything that you shared with us. So thank you for chatting with us today, Dr. Srina Gandhi. I'm now with Dr. Rebecca Epstein-Levy. She is a scholar of Jewish sexual ethics. She wrote a great article for The Revealer's April issue about the ways ancient Jewish texts can help us make sense of some things during the Me Too movement. Thanks for joining us, Rebecca. How are you? I'm doing all right, and thank you. It's my pleasure. So let me start by asking you why you have decided to vote for Biden and Harris. Straightforwardly, because if Biden and Harris win, fewer people die. That's that's kind of the beginning and the end of it. Mm. I was trying to think when I got your prompt about ways that I could frame it as as a Jewish ethicist, I am voting for Biden and Harris because but the long and short of it is fewer people die and I don't need to have the professional qualifications I have to see that. Very good answer. I will maybe uh, tease out some things that I'd be curious to hear uh, sort of in two different directions. One is, you know, so the majority of American Jews we know from lots of research uh, for quite some time have overwhelmingly voted for Democratic candidates. But there's also a vocal minority of American Jews who do support Republican candidates, including Donald Trump. And for a variety of reasons, some related to ideas about support for Israel, others for economic policies, and, and then etc. So what might you say to Jews who voted for Trump in 2016, but have since become concerned by um, his unwillingness to denounce white supremacist groups, his uh, retweeting of conspiracy theories, some of which are laden with anti-Semitic ideas. What might you say to that population of American Jews who are now a bit turned off by Trump, but aren't quite sure if they can bring themselves to vote for Biden and Harris? 
I mean, look, that population of American Jews and I are not going to see eye to eye on a lot of things. Mm. I mean, I am not orthodox. I am queer. I am a non-Zionist. I'm neuroatypical. And I'm very loud and obnoxious about all those things. <laughs> um, so I'm, I don't know that I'm the person those people are going to listen to. But if, mm. but if I should be so lucky as for that to be the case, I suppose I would say I, I would ask them to consider the mandate of Pekuach Nefesh or saving a life, which trumps all but three other commandments. Hmm. And I would just ask them to look at the way Trump has handled this pandemic. Mm -hmm. He showed a wanton disregard for human life on just a basic scale, a willingness to use to use people and their lives and their and their well-being in a kind of blatantly instrumentalist way. One of the three meets vote that your or commandments that Pekuach Nefesh doesn't trump is idolatry. Hmm. And one way to understand idolatry is putting anything ahead of the image of God. One of the places we see the image of God is in the human person. And so if, if you're putting things like electoral success ahead of human lives, if you're putting money or profits ahead of human lives, hmm. I consider that deeply idolatrous. And I don't know that we've seen a bet better is the wrong word, but a more blatant demonstration of that kind of idolatry than the way that Trump has handled this pandemic. Similarly, outright failure to condemn white supremacy. I don't think I need to spell out explicitly how that has been bad for Jews in the past and how it will be bad for Jews in the future. Right. Right. Good. Thank you. So then the, the other approach, you know, that I want to take while we have you is when it comes to issues of sexual ethics, what you study, why do you think it is important for people to vote for Biden and Harris rather than Trump and Pence? Good God, where do I start? Um, <laughs> uh so the Trump administration's sexual and reproductive politics are absolutely appalling. I don't know if I want to start on reproductive health care, on sex education, on sexual harassment and sexual violence. Mm -hmm. Any one of those things, the Trump administration's conduct has just been beyond disqualifying on. And if we're looking to build a world in which we're open and matter of fact about issues of sexual ethics, about consent, about sexual health, about reproductive agency, particularly for people who can get pregnant, mm -hmm. all of those things to me are, are absolutely integral, basic to my understanding of how sexual ethics needs to work. The last thing I want to ask you then is, as an ethicist or simply as a voter, what do you most hope for our country moving forward if Biden and Harris win? Hope's a tricky word. Hmm. Even from my boring moderate socialist perspective, I'm under no illusions that a Biden-Harris administration is going to represent anything even close to the way I think a government should actually be run. But it's at least going to show less blatant disregard for human life. So I suppose what I hope is that a Biden-Harris administration will be less of an immediate threat hmm. to so many people. And I hope there's going to be some room to push it a little further left and a little further towards actually creating a political situation where more people can not just survive, but possibly thrive just a bit. Great. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time and for finding ways to make me laugh, even amidst my concerns about uh, the, the anxiety <laughs> of the election season. So thank you for chatting with us today. 
It was my pleasure, Brett. And, you know, thank you so much for having me. It was lovely to talk. I'm chatting with Katie Breslin. She is a Quaker and studying Quaker ministry at Earlham School of Religion in Indiana. She's also a writer and wrote an article for the Revealer's summer issue about how COVID-19 has changed religious life on college campuses. Thanks for chatting with us, Katie. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for uh, reaching out to me. Of course. So um, why don't we start by you telling us why you are planning to vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? So before I uh, started writing for The Revealer and others and coming to seminary, I actually had a long career in politics, and I Hmm. was really involved with uh, faith-based activism in Washington, D.C., and 2016, uh, that election night was one of the worst nights of my life. Hmm. The next day, I had to turn around and tell a bunch of young people that the comprehensive immigration reform bill that we were hoping to accomplish in a Clinton presidency was no longer viable. And in fact, a lot of the vulnerable populations that we worked with were now under attack uh, because of this election results. And I think back to this time of the last four years, and it was uh, just as bad as we thought it was going to be. And while I was working in DC, I worked for a multi-issue organization. And every day, there would be a new onslaught of terrible things that would happen multiple times at once, uh, different problems. And so I think that, you know, in order for us to regain our strengths as progressives, we need to have Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the White House. Joe Biden was not my first choice. He <laughs> was, you know, I'm, uh, I'm from Scranton, too. So ah. I was excited to have someone from Scranton. But, um, I, you know, I was hoping for someone a lot more progressive. But I, I know that we need to, you know, as they say, settle for Biden because the uh, systems that we have currently in place, they really need a break. And we really need someone who has um, dedicated leadership skills to bring us forward in that way. Great. So I'm curious what you might say to other Christians who have maybe primarily voted for Republican presidential candidates but aren't thrilled with Trump for any number of reasons and and yet maybe still aren't quite sure if they're ready to vote for a Democrat. Is there anything you might say to that particular population? Yeah, I would say, you know, I'm a former Catholic and now I'm a Quaker. And in both of those religions, something that's really central is the role of conscience and listening to the voice of God in each of us. And for me, the voice of God is pretty clear that we need to have someone who is going to bring us through this global pandemic that we're living in into a, a place where thousands and thousands of people aren't dying. And so I would just ask my fellow siblings in the Christian faith to really look at the statistics around COVID, uh, look at the statistics around immigration, around many of these critical issues and see how how lives will be affected by this election and really reflect on how we as Christians can um put the best effort forward so that we can be on a path towards a more just and moral society. Great. Thank you. So then when you picture Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in office as president and vice president of the country, what do you most hope for to happen next after that? What's your vision of what you would like to see the country doing once they're in office? 
At the very least, we could have better testing in the United States on COVID. That would be the bare minimum. <laughs> that would be really nice. Um, I'm fortunate to live in an area that has really good testing, but there are lots of places that aren't. And just have some honest reporting on COVID, that would be uh, really ideal. You know, it feels like such a bare minimum to, to just want us to, <laughs> to have uh, good information about, you know, the crisis that's happening and been happening for six months. But of course, you know, as someone who has uh, more leftist leaning politics, I'm really hopeful that the, the left will continue to organize and that Biden and Harris will listen to people that have direct experiences with a lot of different issues like the prison system, like climate change, and really listen to them, what they have to say, and enact policies that are, you know, what some would consider to be far left, but what I would consider to be the most just and moral policies forward. Great. Well, thank you very much. Um, we appreciate this and hope that you are able to uh, vote safely. And And I think that uh, what you have to say will hopefully encourage more people to get out and vote in this election. So thank you, Katie. Great. Thank you so much. That concludes our four conversations. I would like to add that for the first time in the Revealer's 17-year history, we decided to endorse a presidential candidate. If you would like to read our endorsement of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, please check out my editor's letter in the Revealer's October issue at therevealer.org. You will also find several articles there about religion, politics, and the 2020 election. Let me formally thank our guests, Tia Pratt, Srina Gandhi, Rebecca Epstein-Levy, and Katie Breslin, and an additional big thanks to our production editor, Anna Donch. I'm Brett Crutch. I hope you'll join us for a new episode next month. In the meantime, if you haven't yet voted, please vote and encourage everyone you know to do the same. Vote, vote, vote.